Well, hello everyone. It has been ages, ages since we last—I don't know—convene. Yeah, since we last podcast. Just in case podcast. you have forgotten, this is Father Martin, your favorite host, and Steve Buckland, and Ex Nihilo is back. You could say our license has been renewed, renewed. <laughs> and out of nothing, we have returned. Yep, we went into nothing, and now we've come back. To bring you more nothingness, isn't that great? <laughs> I so, hope everybody have been doing has been doing well. Yeah, um, and that you have had a good summer. Today isn't today the first day of fall. Oh no, that happened like a week and a half ago. And it's, it's been that first, hot. Yeah, it's the, it's Florida. <laughs> it's the first of October. It's the first of October. Yeah, but we're ten days past the autumnal equinox. Gotcha. Gotcha. Sorry. Sorry. But a lot has happened uh, a lot. in the last few months. Father someone Martin has, dubbed, someone has, has gotten d- smaller. No, actually. Have no, I did not get any smaller. <laughs> I've expanded a little bit the waist size. Um, Ethan uh, has I, definitely I, I, I blame. I blame possibly. the heat, Steve. I blame the heat. I retain, I retain a lot of water. water? Oh. The heat should make you lose water, though. No, not when you stay in the AC all day. <laughs> But anyway, oh, someone has dubbed this summer to be the summer from hell. Oh, really? And it's not because I spent the whole summer at Catholic <laughs> University studying canon law that I call ah. it hell. But rather, it was a very, very difficult summer for the church. Yes. And so on our first episode back, we're going to dive right into the deep. And Steve and I are going to talk about the abuse crisis in the church. Yep, we thought we'd wade in with a nice, easy, you know, softball. It's kind of like, you know, you get back into the batting cage and you just want soft, slow pitches to come your way. So this is what we thought we'd start with. But I'm Asian. I don't do anything easy for myself. Right, and Asians are really good at baseball, so. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) But in any, the reason we chose to do that is it's relevant, it's important, and a lot of us have been struggling with uh, how to go forward. And and I have to admit myself included because I am a cradle Catholic. I believe in in the church. I believe in the institution. That is why I give myself not only to God, but to serve the church as a group of, as the people of God, but also as an institution. And to witness the, um, the failures on the part of our leaders, and the pain and the damage that it caused was not easy. Nope. How about you, Steve? Because as someone coming into the church, um, how did all that it, affect you? It, you know, it's going to sound a little strange, but I'm it, as disappointed and angry as I was. I wouldn't say that I wasn't surprised. Okay. Because... Um, Things like this have happened a lot in the history of the church. (laughs) Very Um, true. And so, you know, I think one of the biggest differences we have today is, is, you know, 100 years ago, people didn't really, you didn't hear about it. It wasn't nearly as amplified as it is now. And that has no way to to take anything off of the things that had happened Mm -hmm. um, or how bad they were. There have been so many bad things over the years in the history of the church um, and none of them have been good, whether we're, whether we were killing other Christians, you know, in God's name, or whether we were sacking towns, or whether we had three popes at the same time, um, or whether the popes had kids, or, you know, there were people being murdered, popes were being killed. Um, none of it, none of it's been good. Um, and I think the problem, or, or maybe from, from kind of where, from the pew, 
um, especially somebody who came into the church, but also somebody who's very much in love with the history of the church. Um, it's it's just another reminder uh, that the church is full of frailty. True. That that, that, that the walls of the church um, are erected by Christ, mm-hmm. and that the institution of the church is is of Jesus. That Jesus makes the church holy. But it's important to remember that it's full of people who are failing. And we've been failing pretty much out of the get-go from Adam, you know, all the way down. And I think, I, but I think for me, I think that the part that just is the most disappointing is, you know, when there's one or two failures, you're kind of like, oh, you know, somebody failed, okay, somebody failed. But the depth of the failure and the fact that, you know, they were talking about people covering it up to save the church. Well, that's exactly the, the wrong thing, you know. Right. You're not saving the church by covering it up. You're hurting the church. So, you know, when they talk about people's intentions, it's all about the institution. I don't think anybody ever thought about the institution. I think they were always thinking about themselves. Right. And and really that is, and that's probably the saddest part, is you had so many people who could have been good turn deliberately away from mm-hmm. the light and right. do bad things. Right, right. And, um, so, yeah. That's a great perspective to, to bring up, though, because uh, facing something like this, I, I've noticed that um, people tend to take different sides. Yep. Some people are just like, all right, everybody's going to hell in a handbasket. I'm giving up on the church. I'm walking away. Right. And then you got people, unfortunately, out of good intention, really just um, dismiss everything. And say that the and right. and really almost like in a bubble of denial and say that church can do no wrong. Right. Well, as well, those are the two ends of the. I mean, the, you know, two, the pendulum swings and it hits right. one end and then hits the other. And I think you you put your your finger on each of the extremes. And unfortunately, um, in the world we live in today, the extremes are all you're going to hear about. Absolutely. So kind of the boring middle who can rationalize it and kind of can be angry and we can be disappointed, but we also can have understanding. We also know that. Um, despite the badness that there's so much good that that continues to go on right right that's not very interesting it's more interesting to see the people who are throwing up their arms and you know racing out the door and who are done and who are quitting and who are giving up mm-hmm. and that's not what we're called to do we're called to double down we're called right, to right, find right. the light but but you're right people hastily make a decision to take a side instead well why don't we wrestle why don't we wrestle with, with this? Because it's hard to understand. It is absolutely hard to wrap our mind around this reality. Why did the abuse happen? Why do we do make the decision to carry out you know all this covering up? And uh, it didn't make sense to anyone with an ounce of uh, reason. Mm-hmm. But then wrestle, wrestle, because sins at times don't make any sense. That's by nature. Yeah, of course. How can they sin is, I mean, yeah. there's no light in this, in sin, unfortunately. Uh, now, Steve happened to come across a lovely little quote on social media. That is to say social media isn't bad all the times. Yeah, Most you do of the find time. nuggets. of like, it, like It's like everything else. Social media is a thing. It can be so good, gonna, it can be bad. I'm going to let him share with you what he found. Yeah, and I sent this to Father Martin, I think, probably two weeks ago, over the right. weekend. And, uh, and basically, it was very simple, just a simple little quote. And it said, Judas had the best pastor, the best leader, the best advice, the best advisor, the best counselor, yet he failed. The problem is not the leadership or the church you go to. If your attitude or character doesn't change or your heart doesn't transform, you will always be the same. And I think that pretty much hit the nail on the head for me. Powerful reminder. Yeah. 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 
Because, I mean, if you think about it, you know, as one of the, the original 12 apostles, as one of the ones who was called away, mm-hmm. who had who was had intimate interactions with Christ, who Christ trusted to reveal all that his father had revealed to him directly. And, and you know, to have that line and for him to still be able to do what he did. Right. Right. And the... the, the um, it's the gift and the curse of free will. One out of twelve. Right. One, One out, of, out 12. of twelve walked away and betrayed. And even even among the twelve, Peter. Right. Yeah. I would say Peter. Peter was a rock star. <laughs> That's no. terrible. Because right now, because right now, no. um, never mind. No, no. Go ahead. Why was why did you? I wouldn't say Peter's a rock star. Jesus told Peter. No, no. I you, said he you, wasn't a rock. Yeah, star. wasn't a rock star, and Jesus yeah. told Peter. Peter, you are the rock upon which I will build my church. Sorry, it was just a bad, <laughs> bad pun. Well, <laughs> well, just in case you've forgotten who he was, that was WeCat who weighed in into our debate. WeCat happens to be a college student now. With it's almost st- done. Yeah, with December. All, with all of the you know complications and dramas of a college student, even though he's still pretty much the same, dressed in his gym shorts and T-shirts oh, and yeah. tennis shoes. Yeah. When he actually gets a job he has to get clothes for, I, I'll be excited <laughs> to see. Sad. <laughs> anyway, we got distracted as usual. You should be used to this by now. <laughs> you may have actually missed our distractions. I don't know. I'm distracted. I think we're distracting again. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to yeah. our discussion, so the basic question at this point that we want to explore with you is what we can and cannot do at this right. moment in time. The the emotion is absolutely very high at this moment, and Still. people question. People question how do we go forward? Uh, had the Pope fail us? Had the bishops fail us? Should they all resign? Should we all just throw in the the towels and call quit? Well, we hope to offer some insights on this well, matter. Well, let's just say that happens for sure. a second. Let's do something crazy. So let's just say everyone resigns. Okay? Mm-hmm. Everyone walks out. Pope Francis resigns. All the bishops decide to resign. Okay? That would be an interesting <laughs> scenario. Yep. Everybody quits. <laughs> and so... And then you, what happens? Then what you, do you have? Since you raised it, you give the answer. I don't know. I can't, <laughs> I can't put my mind around it. Well, I mean, so I guess what I would say is let's say they all quit and they all resign. Sure. Does that mean now that nothing bad is ever going to happen in a church again ever? Mm-hmm. Highly doubt it. <laughs> okay. So maybe just some of them resign. Who decides who resigns and who doesn't? I suppose conscience should dictate that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. In a, in a perfect world, the people who know that they are guilty mm-hmm. should, at this point in time, step up, own it, and do what, do what, do what they know they can do for the betterment of the church. You know, mm-hmm. the problem is that if you just, if you if you throw out all the, you know, the baby and the bath water, if you throw away the chaff and the and the wheat, there's mm-hmm. nothing left. True. true so, true. you know, that everyone needs to go is probably not the answer. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people just want action because they're emotional and they're angry, which I totally understand. Me too. I mean, I, I admit that at times I feel frustrated mm-hmm. because... Uh, it's almost seemed quite simple. Just say that we screwed up, right? And you can't stop. So we're, we're, we're you can't stop praying, right? You can't stop 
supporting your local parish. You can't run away and hide and stop mm-hmm. pretending like bad things aren't going to continue to go on around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you can stop being angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that that's necessarily healthy. This is just our thoughts, obviously. But um, but I do think the other thing you can't do is you can't continue to let it be the number one topic on your mind. So, And this is, I think, the hard part, particularly for you as a priest, right? That is absolutely is true. Is how can we continue to have this play a role in our faith life without dominating our faith life? Right. How can we not continue to focus so entirely on the bad but keep it present enough that it's a reminder that we must always strive to do better, A, and B, that we haven't actually we haven't actually really felt like there's been real resolution to any of the things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Well, this certainly was the conscious decision that the teams of priests, the team of priests at St. James Cathedral, we uh, we chose to do so uh, in different ways. The um, the abuse crisis hit us very differently. On a more personal level, for me, because I work very closely with children. Uh, I teach second grade and I spend a lot of time at a school and so I cannot simply understand how anybody would hurt these little children and and that weighed on my mind and heart heavily but as a team we decided that yes we will address this issue with our people and our people deserve to hear it mm-hmm. from their priests of how we struggle and how we wished to go forward Be- at the same time, we ought to give some sort of direction, uh, and that's what we did. But we can't just keep going back and poking at the wounds, right? Because then we won't see hope, right? We won't see hope. God has put us in this present moment so that we can continue as a church to go forward, in spite of the failings, and in spite of all our sinfulness. We ought to go forward. And we want to bring our people with us as well. Mm-hmm. That yes, right now we don't have a solution to a lot of these issues. But that doesn't mean that we stay the same, right? beaten on the ground. No, right. no, we have to get up. We have to go forward with, with God's help. Um, even in the best and the worst of times, God is present. Steve, at the beginning, mentioned a lot of scandalous things that happened in the history of the church um, between, you know, division between East and West. Even in the West, there are several popes, and you don't even know which one is really leading the church, and they're living immoral lives, all that stuff. But in the darkest of times, God provided a lot of good examples. Mm-hmm. And right now, uh, and they may, and, and, and particularly in those times, they weren't always at the head. You know, they weren't at the top no. of the church. All Saint Catherine of Siena, hardly, probably had the education level of a third grader, and she she was a fireball. She was an agent of change. She went. She met the Pope. She pointed him and said, "Get your act together. Let's go back to Rome." Um, so don't think that. You can't do anything except, you know, throwing in a towel and walk away. That's the one thing that I would discourage people from doing. Well, that's doing. the one thing the devil wants you to do. To give up and walk away. Give up away. and leave. Because he can't make you leave the church. Mm-hmm. Only you can make you leave the church. Only you can make you deny your faith over the failings of others. Right, 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 right. And so, without, without walking away, then the question is, what can you do as an agent of change? 
first of all, I, I do encourage us to continue to pray for the church. Absolutely. Uh, recently, the Pope uh, issued an invitation to the whole world that in this month of October, we pray the rosary and we pray the prayer to St. Michael to for protection against the onslaught of uh, attacks from the devil, uh, to protect the church from, you know, imploding on itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, the primary, and it's almost sound like a cliche, but pray, don't 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 give up on praying for Mother Church because when she's wounded, she needs healing grace from God. Um, and the second, like I said, be an agent of change, uh, be a good witness. I I have admiration for Steve for the lay people because as priests. Pretty much the our circle is church life. Yeah. But you, you all lay faithful. You have work. You have social life. You have to constantly defend your faith almost on a regular basis. And the church has not done well to support you because we almost give you no ground to defend yourselves. Uh, but that being said, uh, don't lose heart because uh, one of the Beatitudes, blessed are you when they when they persecute you, when they utter all kind of horrible things because of your faith in me, rejoice and be glad because your reward will be great in heaven. Yeah. And we don't want anybody to think that um, that it doesn't continue to weigh on the minds of, of our clergy, um, that doesn't continue to weigh on the minds of the staff and the people that serve um, in, the, in, the, in the different churches. And, you know, there have been a lot of responses from different dioceses uh, around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some have done uh, special masses. Uh, they've done reconciliation services. They've done, I mean, so it's been kind of a, a gamut of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned two important things that we, you know, as lay people can do. And, and, you know, prayer, I think people tend to underestimate the power of prayer. I know that's always been kind of one of the things that I've struggled with is I'm not a particular, I wouldn't give myself a, a 10 on the, you know, rate your prayer life. Um, <laughs> there's always room, for, you, know, you know, eight trending up. No, it's probably more like six trending up sometimes it feels like. Um, but the power of prayer is real. Um, it's tangible mm-hmm. and its effects will be felt. And, you know, as we continue to pray, not just for Mother Church, but pray for all of those who are serving in the church, that they can continue to be light, that they can continue to be good examples, that they continue to be references um, that we, as, as the faithful, can point to uh, when we're out in our daily lives. Yeah, very much so. But once again, uh, without dismissing the consequences and the heaviness of all these um, problems, let's, let's look towards, towards hope. Yeah. Don't forget that, you know, uh, death, suffering do not have the final end, final saying because we are the Easter people. Uh, at the end of the day, God wins. God wins. And, uh, and so don't lose heart, my people. Go forward trusting that the church belongs to God and God himself will purify. And sometimes the, the process of purification is painful. Yes. Because like the Lord said in chapter 15 of the Gospel of St. John, when he pruned the vines, it's painful. But those that do not belong or should not be there will be pruned away and then the church will thrive and grow because God will not let us go astray. Right. We belong to him and for that 
he will protect and guard us. Um, it sounds a little heavy. It does. Uh, but, you know, I just one last thing I wanted to throw in it, and you brought it up, it just kind of popped into my head, is um, remember also in your prayer life to pray for yourself. Because if nothing else, I think that, you know, when when people who are, are called to be servants of God, as, as priests are, uh-huh. and they fall, mm-hmm. it should be if, as horrible as it is. It should be a very poignant reminder to ourselves of the darkness that resides in each and every one of us. And, and our, our capacity to fall is uh, no less or greater um, than any other human beings. And so as you're praying for the church, pray for yourself. Remember, um, this is, you know, Jesus didn't promise that there'd be an easy street to heaven. That mm-hmm. the, the road is, is long, the struggle is real, um, but that we can all fall. Right, um, the, the, a reminder of our broken humanity is uh, is always uh, showing its face. Yeah, I am reminded of how imperfect, how sinful I am on a regular basis, and therefore I need God's help. Uh, one of the penances that I give to people all the times and to myself as a reminder as well, is simply to say a prayer that God would make me the person that He wants me to be. Uh, that doesn't mean that there won't be moments of failures and uh, and sinfulness, but at the end, I place all of my trust in God's transforming grace, that He and He alone can make me the person He has created me to be. And so, the same invitation to us all, particularly in this month of October, the month of ros- the Rosary. If you don't have time to pray the whole Rosary. Do a decade. Do a decade. And even like St. John Bosco said, one Hail Mary pray with faith can transform just about anything. And so if anything, bare minimum, say one Hail Mary a day and just ask God, Lord, help me to become the person that you want me to be. And because of that, the world, the church will become a better place. Amen. All right. We wish you a happy and wonderful week. God bless you. And and we'll see you again soon. We promise it'll be sooner than eight months. (laughs) We promise. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye.